And that was good joy because it ties in into some of the things that God has laid in my heart. We're speaking on the triumph of faith. Would you say this to the Lord this morning according to his word? This is from Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. May that be for you. We've talked a lot about uh, faith being a thing that we need to connect with God. But without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I have to have faith, not works, but faith in God. Faith in who God is. Faith in what God has done for you. Believing that it is well because God said so. There is a foundation of faith that cannot be shaken. And you can find that in Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man. You know, we can make excuses. We can say a little white lie to get away from troubling situations. But God, no. God is not a man that he should lie. God tells us that. We can lie, but God cannot lie. If he has said something, he will do it. If he has spoken something, he will make his word good. We should lay that foundation in our hearts. No matter what's going on around us, whenever we found the word of God that tells us this is what God has said concerning this situation, the situation may move to the right or to the left, but you stay focused. On what God has said. Hold on to it. Don't hold on just to the words of men. Hold on to God's word. That's all I have. I have to hold on to the word of God. And the word of God is what made everything that you see. Everything you see came from his word. And God said everything came from his word. So when you're holding on to the word of God. That is more substantial, more solid, more established than any other thing in the universe. Trust the word of God. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. What did he send? His word. Faith comes through the word, I said last week. The word contained in the word is faith that's going to be released inside of you that makes you pleasing to God because you have received the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more of the word of God you receive, he goes into you and before long, there begins to be an understanding because the Holy Spirit now has something to work with 
you got to give him something to work with, right? He's building something in you. He's going to transform your life. You got to give him something inside of you to, to, for him to work. And the word comes in. You don't get it. But slowly, the Holy Spirit begins to work the word. And as soon as you understand, as, as faith comes out of it. Because Jesus said, lest they should understand and I should heal them. Once they understand it, faith rises. And then you're healed. I mean, we're not talking about just physical healing. In any area of your life that you are believing God for, once that understanding comes that God is on your side and that God loves you and that God cannot lie, this is what God has said about my life. And, but what I'm experiencing is contrary to what the Bible says. There is only one truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. So you stay with that, what God has said. And if you stay with it long enough, we're coming to that. And you persevere with the word. Finally, there's always what the Bible calls the day of manifestation. Amen. The day of manifestation is coming. No matter how long it is. If you stay with the word, the word, I mean the same word that created the universe. The same word can change your life, can change your little situation that is big to you. Yes, can change it. The same word from the Father's heart. He gave us His word. When Jesus came, He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it's always about the word. So faith comes by hearing. If you want to strengthen your faith, the number one thing to do is go to the Word. That's why we're reading things in our church now, reading scriptures. We have Sunday school. You know, the, the ways of God, He never forces any man. He woo you and talk to you. You think you're thinking, but He's seen talking to you. He's telling you, you need to, you say, you're thinking, I need to be in church. I wonder why I don't go to church. We haven't been in church. Guess who's speaking to you? The Holy Spirit. What is he looking for? For your good. He wants to bless you. Basically, he wants you to position yourself so he can bless you. There's got to be a place where God reaches out to you. There comes a time when God reaches out to you. You've been loving him. He, he, he watches you. People don't understand. God is a person. He watches everything you're doing. He knows where your heart is. And he knows where your heart is after him. And he knows how to respond. I was reading this week about David, how God responds to him. David was saying, you know, I live in this palace, but God doesn't have a place. And instantly... God responded. And from that one thing in David's heart, God gave a covenant. The Christ is going to come through you. And David says, who am I? Why have I found so much favor? He, went, he left his palace, went into the tabernacle and sat down. He talked about that. Quiet for a long time. Wondering. Because God was saying, your kingdom will be established forever. And they all knew that Christ was coming. So David knew what that meant. He's going to be through me. Hallelujah. 
for a little love of God to, to do something for him. When you read that scripture and you see, God says, you know, I've never, I've been with you guys all this time. We go in the wilderness back and forth. Nobody's ever talked to me about building a house. I have never talked to you about it. You just take me wherever you want and I go with you. You're going to build me a house, David. Let me tell you what I'll do. Can you imagine God being called the son of David? Think about it. God himself. Because Jesus is God. Son of David. Have mercy upon us. Son of a man. Because of his heart for the word of God. My heart pants. David says. Hunger. You have to pray to God to fill your heart. I know I can make that happen. But when I cry out to God to fill my heart with that hunger. All of a sudden, those words begin to build faith and be revealed in my heart. And as it's revealed, all of a sudden, you have faith. And then God says, the time is nigh. Stretch out the rod. Amen? And divide the sea. Hallelujah! That's the word. Number two. One of the greatest tools God has given to us, I believe, especially for those in the New Testament, if God will help you understand, if you can pray in tongues, that's the only gift that was not present in the Old Testament. They raised the dead in the Old Testament. They cleansed lepers in the Old Testament. They did everything. Called fire from heaven. Please don't do that like John and uh, James to, to Jesus. Can we call fire from heaven and burn these old people off? <laughs> Jesus says, you don't know what's spiritual. You can do that. This is New Testament. We don't toast people like that. You know, okay? <laughs> but the greatest gift... For us, that's the starting place to draw closer to God. Because you don't have what it takes. That's why Jesus called him the helper. And when the helper is at work in your life, you have to engage him. And the, the way to engage the spirit is by praying in the spirit. When God revealed this to me years ago, I mean, you needed to have known me then. Very fearful. Can't talk much around evil. I like personal witness, one-to-one. But the group? <laughs> uh, kids, I can handle. They don't know much. But adults, I don't want to be questioned. <laughs> don't want answers. But after that, sometimes I started praying in the Spirit. Every day, one hour, every day. Mostly in tongues. And I thought the things that I knew that God was showing me from the word, everybody knew it. And I walk in a group and I say something and they all turn to me and say, where did you get that? And I said, I thought you all know this. No, we don't know that. So I started realizing something is happening. 
I got to dig deeper. Uh, I'm never going to miss this one hour anymore. And before long, people were coming. People were casting demons. People were coming, seeking, calling for me, and I'm wondering. I was just a college student. Just a college student. The students will find somebody. They thought it's so crazy on campus. <laughs> uh, there's only one man we know is as crazy that can help you. Go to good luck. Are you good luck? Yes. But it has nothing to do with me. It had to do with just taking the gift that God has given to us. And every one of us can receive the Holy Spirit. And you can pray in the Spirit. The thing is whether you are willing to do it. Are you willing to do it? At first it may be difficult. But start somewhere. You don't understand what you're saying. But something is happening. Have you seen in the Old Testament where they would dig a well, alright? They dig the well. And then when they move away, somebody, <laughs> somebody stops the well. They fill it up. And then you go back and dig again. You see, the way I see it, you dig to get water, right? As you pray in the Holy Spirit, there is a digging going on. Amen? For some good water for you to drink and be satisfied. Your family, everybody can enjoy from it. And the enemy wants to stop the well. Well, don't let him do it. Amen? Are you going to let him do it? Are you going to let him do it? Then go, go back. Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. I didn't put that scripture down. He says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. And the spirit there is small letter. So tongue is you actually praying. The Holy Spirit allowing, giving power to your own born again spirit. To pray, otherwise it will be the Holy Spirit praying back to God Himself. But the Holy Spirit uses. Can you get that scripture up for me, please? First Corinthians fourteen, verse fourteen. It says, "If I pray in this in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful." So, what is the conclusion then? What should I do? I will pray in the spirit, which means praying in the tongues, and I will also pray. With my understanding, meaning praying with your English language or like us from Africa, pigeon English like I do sometimes when I get really desperate. But you pray in both. But I believe that every time you pray in tongues, I've said it here before, every time you pray in tongues, what you just did, you stepped away from the natural and stepped into the supernatural. Because... It's supernatural. And if you stay there long enough, supernatural things will begin to happen to you. And this can happen to anybody. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Don't look up to anybody. You can do it. Just spend that time. Spend that time. Listen. First Corinthians 14. We got that scripture for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what's the conclusion? I will do this. My spirit. Do you see that letter? Small letter? Spirit? That's very important. 
Now, 1 Corinthians 14, the same chapter, verse 4, says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So, what does the word mean, edify? It means, if you look at the synonyms, it means to educate yourself. So, you are praying in tongues, and you have read the scripture that you didn't understand. Now, you are praying in tongues, and the tongues is helping you to educate yourself. It also helps you, another word is enlighten yourself. Enlightened. So you can understand what is being said. That's what, what the scripture means. And how to really apply it. Sometimes you know what it is, but how do I apply this? The Holy Spirit gives that to you. It gives you understanding as you go into that. So to edify, to teach yourself. That's one of the words. So you're teaching yourself by praying in tongues. That's why Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how do you do that? Praying in the Spirit. You can be full of fear of demons now, but I guarantee you, if you start doing this after about a month, the fear is gone. There's a boldness that rises up within you, and uh, you have no fear. I remember the first uh, person I prayed with who was demonized. Man, I was like almost saying, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, all of you come and help me now because this is really hard. Yeah. Because the person was manifesting and thrashing around. And I was like, oh my God, why am I alone here? Well, can I get pastor? He's too far away. Who's going to help me? But after I had done this for a while, uh, I had no fear of that anymore. When they talk back to me, I'll just give them scripture quietly. And tell them to be quiet. No fear. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So, listen, when you are speaking in tongues, the devil doesn't know what you're saying. Angels don't know what you're saying. Only your heavenly Father knows what you're saying. And he's responding to you. He is a focus. Some people will even say, doctrine or thing. My trust, we don't believe in that. Oh, Get rid of that. It's in the scriptures. You're not going to argue with Jesus when you see him. Tell him, why did you put that in the scripture? I don't believe in that. It's there in the scripture. The thing is obedience. It says, for he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Let me just put it. You are not going to tell God what he doesn't know in tongues. He knows all things. The mystery is for you. As you begin to speak in tongues, those mysteries begin to be downloaded into your spirit. I've said it here before, but I still will say the same thing. The mysteries that Paul got, Paul said, I thank my God, I pray in tongues more than every one of you. He said, you all, meaning he's from Texas. Y'all. Y'all, I pray in tongues more than y'all. My Texas accent is not working for me, okay? 
<laughs> but he prayed in tongues. And the man who prayed the most in tongues got the greatest mystery. Paul, Peter said there are things Paul had written that are hard to understand. That's Peter the apostle. But Paul said, I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than every one of you. But in the church, I only say five of you, five, at least five words in tongues. So he doesn't pray in tongues in church. He does it at home to the point where the Holy Spirit confirms to him, you are the man, as far as humans are concerned, that's ever prayed in tongues the most. And he got the greatest revelation. Listen, this scripture will make sense, and I'll go on from this quickly. First Corinthians 4, chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. So no matter how you are, when God says, I have not entered into the heart of man, guess what? It's not there. You can't even imagine it. I has not seen, nor have entered, uh, excuse me, I has not seen, nor ye heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So listen, get it people, God has some things prepared for you. Amen. There are good things. I mean, when God prepares something for you, Think about a king preparing something for you. How lovely will it be? This is God of the universe. He has certain things prepared for those of you. And look at you. You love him. Amen? So, because I know you love him, there are things he has prepared for you. They are there in the spirit realm. Ephesians chapter 1 says, How God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So they are still there, stored in heavenly places. The Holy Spirit will then begin to quicken you to understand how you can pull them down from heavenly places and enjoy it here on earth. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's how it is. No. See this word here. But, God has revealed them to us. How? Through His Spirit. How are you going to get the Spirit to reveal it to you? Good question. Pray in tongues. Whether you understand it or not, pray in tongues. Then the Spirit will begin to reveal those things to you. This is scripture. This is not good luck. This is scripture. And God means what He says. And if you do it, you will reap the benefit. Sometimes God will test you to see if you, you really understand. Because if you really understand, you never quit. Whether something happens or not, you never quit. You know, you know, you believe it, and you keep doing it. And then all of a sudden, God will reveal to you. It's happened to one man named Dave Robinson. All of a sudden, he had done that for many months. And then the first day he stepped out, a mighty miracle. Now he's became a big, big preacher. This is wonderful. God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man? 
except the spirit of the man that is within him. Even so, we don't know the things of God except the spirit of God. And then the Bible tells us, now you have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that you might be able to know the things that have been freely given to you. Amen? Those things have been freely given to you. Amen. I want to move into something else quickly. Two things we need for faith to produce. Two things that we need for faith to produce. Do you remember? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, if you see it, if you already see it, there's no need to hope for it. Because you already see. But when you have not seen it, keep your hope alive. Because faith is the substance. Faith gives substance to what you are hoping for until you get it. And you have it in your hand. Once you have it in your hand, there's no need to hope for it. You already have it. But faith in itself is what brings it to you, to the manifestation. That's why without faith it's impossible to please God. But Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, doesn't make you better, doesn't do anything, whether you are a Jew or you are a Gentile, it doesn't work by your lineage, naturally. It avails nothing, anything. But faith, working, what? Through love. Faith, working through love. You can tie this, you see, for God so loved the world, right? He gave. The greatest miracle happened and God was faith. God releasing his son to die. Through love. You cannot have faith that produces without love. Because faith can only work where love is evident. Where love is at work. If there is no genuine love... Your faith is not going to produce. And God knows your heart. Those little things that you have against people that you will never let go and you're still trying to walk in faith, those things will paralyze your faith where you cannot work. God cannot lie. Faith that pleases God only works through love. And so Jesus talked about love, love, love. And for the believer, it comes natural. When I was saved, I preferred being around my Christian brothers than my family. One of the indictments they had against me, I didn't understand them. My brother told me, you love your Christian brothers more than you love us. And it was like a shock to me. Really? I love being around them. When they hurt, I hurt. 
I see their sufferings and I'm thinking, God, could you just bless me so I can bless them? Never cutting down. People. Say unkind words that make them feel less and act in a way that makes them feel less. Especially for your Christian brother or sister. Never put them in a place where they feel so uncomfortable and feel less loved. You can't do that. That's so offensive to God. That's why God said in his word very clearly, they shall know that you are my disciples by what? Your love for one another. I can disagree with you. That doesn't cut the fellowship. You're my brother. You're my sister. We all make mistakes. We all offend people. Sometimes we offend without meaning to offend. And sometimes people say, well, you did this. I didn't know that I did anything. I had no clue. Or they feel like they've offended me. No. I didn't even see what you're talking about. It doesn't make sense to me. But Satan has told them that. And then I have to apologize. I'm sorry that that happened. So our fellowship is here. And you love the brother. It's so crucial if you are a Christian and you don't love your Christian brother for whatever reason, you're in real trouble. The Bible says you are in darkness until now. You don't even know it. Listen, it says, though I speak, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. If you read this scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, three things. There is the one that is, has spiritual gifts. And then there is the one that has great faith. And then there is the one that is a generous giver to people to help them. But God is saying, even if you have all of this, I, I didn't believe that people can do this and just give without really loving. You know why they do it? So people can tell them this. He's a good man. That's what we say when you die. He was a good man. But God says, I didn't see that. Listen. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, this is a spiritual gift. Tongues, it's tongues of men and tongues of angels. Sometimes it's tongues of men. Sometimes it's tongues of angels. We can't discern. Uh, but I've heard stories. People, a Jewish man in a congregation, somebody was speaking in tongues, in eloquent uh, Aramaic. And he went to him. He said, sir, sir, an American who doesn't speak anything. <laughs> you were talking to me. You were talking to me. And I was, yeah. Ah, you remember you were talking to me. You were saying this. I didn't say anything like that. <laughs> but it was the Holy Spirit speaking. And he could understand it. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am becoming, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Uh, you're just making noise. Your tongue is noise when there is no love. It's not going to produce Everything I was talking about tongues, you're just wasting your time. There's not going to be a revelation. 
And instead, God is saying, are you going to let that thing go? Are you going to let that thing go? Are you going to let that thing go? Are you going to love your brother? Are you going to go back to your brother? Are you going to embrace your brother or your sister that's offended you? Are you going to let go? I'm telling you, this thing is so serious with God. I've seen Angela and I, we saw pastors who had things in their heart. They were sick because of that. And as soon as they released it, crying right before our eyes, God was healing them. You can never do that. I tell you what. Your brother has Jesus in them. You know that? When you do something deliberately, sometimes Christians, some people are deliberate. They just want to make you feel it. Oh God, that's so painful to him. Basically, you walk to Jesus because Jesus is in them. And you dishonor him and treated him badly. It's not going to be well, my brothers and sisters. There's the room for repentance. You've got to turn away from that. As a pastor, and if you are a minister, people have different opinions about you. And people say things about you. I, I already knew that that's going to happen. But I still love them. Whether they are in this church or they leave, they are still my brothers and sisters. I pray I will see them in heaven. But I have no, no bitterness against anybody. And you, you have to love your Christian brother so your faith can work. And if you don't, you're just wasting your time. Stay home. Stay home. Don't even bother to go to church. You're wasting your time. Because God cannot lie. God cannot lie. See this. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. So basically you are up there in understanding scriptures and gifts and interpreting stuff and all of that. And though I have faith, the faith is there so that I could remove. It's not saying you're doing it. You could. But something is not going to make it work. Even though there is faith, you've got the word of God. But I've not love. He says what? You're nothing. Absolutely nothing. You may be something in the eyes of people because they hear all the knowledge and the wisdom you have. But before God, nothing. You know, I read a book about a man who was who's written several books. And well, people quote him a lot. And this person had a revelation and said they were in heaven. And he saw the man. The, 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 your rank depends on how close you are to the lamb. Okay? That's why James and John, they want to be right there. Your rank in heaven depends on how close. This guy was so far away. But he was happy. And the fellow went to him and said, Ah, I read all your books. He says, Please. We don't want to talk about those books. Those books came from my mind. They were not from God. I'm happy to be here. Far from the Lamb. And the sea of hell's closer. Yet he was a great man here on earth. Though you have all this knowledge. That if love is not there. You are nothing. 
I want the Ark Fellowship, by the grace of God, I pray, to be a place when people come, your love for them. Even before they hear any word, before we sing, the love is healing them. But it's got to be deliberate. You've got to decide and make up your mind. Not for them. I want them healed. Amen. And that love of Jesus, even the children were drawn to him. Totally unafraid of him. Amen. They want to be near him. When there is love. It's so important. Love for your Christian brother is so important. Listen to this. This is scripture just to back that up. Teacher, Matthew chapter 22. Please give me a little bit of time. I want to conclude. Is it it okay? Can I take permission, guys? Please let me finish this today. I don't want to go back to this summer anymore, but I don't want to abuse your time. Is everybody okay? Can I take a little bit of time? Thank you for loving me so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? They want to know. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. We know the scripture, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself with some of your heart. Is that what it says? Some of your heart. I love my neighbor as myself, but with just a little part of my heart. God understands that. He wants you to love God with all your heart and your neighbor with all your heart. And that's the Bible. We read from Matthew 22 today. That's where the law and the prophets, Jesus says everything is tied there. Just loving people. I remember when I first got saved, my mother, uh, she didn't understand what had happened to me. It was new then in Nigeria when I was saved. And they called you names. And sometimes the persecution is unbearable. And my mother was fighting me so hard. And um, she raised... uh, she raised uh, an idol in her house that somebody had uh, told her, if you raise this idol and sacrifice to it, his mind will change and he will come back to being himself. Because my life was changed and I was going to church too much and carrying Bible. And when I saw that idol in her house, I was angry. And I was preaching at Mama. And I kept preaching. I yelled at her. I mean, not inside, but even outside. I was very upset with her. And finally, I decided every time I go in, once I look at that thing, I get very angry. And my mom, in her mind, you are getting angry because the voodoo is working. It's working. So I finally told myself, I'm not going back there anymore. Because every time I go, I insult her really badly. And there is this strong feeling against her for doing that. 
But uh, cut story short, I came to the United States. I couldn't win her to Christ. Even after I was chained and the chain broke, she saw everything, but she didn't come to Christ. She didn't. But I came to the United States, and then they started teaching me about love, respect, honor for your father and your mother. I was crying out to God. I dishonored my mother. I yelled at her. And she really believed I hated her. And uh, so I, I started, you know, Mother's Day. We didn't have that in Nigeria then. I sent Mother's Day card. And she was shocked. She said, good luck. What does this mean? I said, this is the day all Americans honor their loving mother. And she was happy about that. And I started treating her with love. I went back home. My father has a big compound where I could stay. And uh, my mom knew I considered her an infidel. And I was not going to ever stay with her. And so we all gathered. My brothers, they, were, they said, you have this house here. You can stay in that house or you can stay in this house. It's all air conditioned and all of that. That's important in Africa. Air conditioned and all of that. And I turned to her. I said, uh, Mama, I'm going to stay with you. She's like, huh? And she immediately, she was so shocked. And she said to me, uh, you know, I don't have a conditioner. I said, don't worry, I'll buy one. You have a room for me? Yes. I said, I'll put it. And you can see the shock in her face. And I started living with her. I never preached to her anymore. I just showed her love. People, I had Bible study. People would come to that Bible study. Mama would sit there in the Bible study and listen to me. And people come and receive the Holy Spirit. They would go to her and talk to her. Hey, your son just prayed. Thank God. Oh, your son prayed with me to receive the Holy Spirit. And they tell her, she hadn't received. But I would not talk to her. I just loved her. Amen? One day, Mama came into my room and said, "Uh, Son, did I offend you? This time we have been in so much love, you know. Without the preaching, not me yelling at her, just loving her, putting my hands around her. She'll come up with something. I want you to go here with me. Yes, Mama, I'll go with you. Before, I never do that. But I was loving her. And then this day, she sat in my room. I said, did I offend you? I said, Mama, what are you talking? We had a good night before we went to bed. What's the matter now? She says, because I was playing my guitar and I was about to pray in spirit. She says, I know everybody comes here. And they travel long distances to come to you and you pray with them and you bless them to receive the Holy Spirit and I'm your mother and you never ask me one day if I want to receive the Holy Spirit you must have something against me I say mama, 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 no, 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 no you go to this church where they don't believe in speaking in tongues so I don't want to Yeah, I don't know if you want I want it she got filled and guess what She'll call my brothers that uh, she said were the good ones. She will say, good luck. I'm going to call all your brothers. You all sit there. You all are infidel. Listen to your brother. <laughs> the power of love. The power of love. Power of love. You know, this scripture, John 17, verse 11. It says, now, Jesus, this is Jesus' high priestly prayer. Now I am no longer in the world, Jesus said. But these, all of us, these are in the world. I come to you. This is one time Jesus referred to his father. 
holy father. If you read in the scriptures many times, you just say, Father. This time, holy father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me. Why? That they may be what? One. As we are. Don't ever do anything to dishonor his high priestly prayer by disengaging yourself from your brother who may have offended you. Maybe they are aware of it or they were not. Jesus said if you are about to give an offering and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave it there, go back, reconcile. These are true scriptures we are forgetting. Today is just like a social thing. We go to church and we forget we are serving the living God who sees everything, every detail, every manipulation and whatever is going on in the world. He tolerates this, but he doesn't love it. Especially when it's happening to his children. It's painful to his heart. He breaks his heart. And I don't want to be that part. I don't want to participate in that. My prayer, God, please help me. Even if they disagree with me and hurt me, I still want to love them. If I cared, I want to pull them closer. Let me empty myself of everything I know. It would be better if they get greater than myself. In human terms. Amen? That's so important. We know that we have passed, 1 John 3 verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love the brethren. How do you pass from death to life? How can you really know it? Why? You love the brothers and sisters. That's the only way to know. There's no other way to know according to this scripture. Listen to what it says. We know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. See that? I'm going to call, just not go into that scripture, but Jesus said something. He said, if you greet those only that you love, that you agree with, you're not better than an infidel. That's what he's saying. Sometimes, Teresa can be so focused on what she's doing, and she can walk by you and you say hello, and she says nothing. It doesn't mean she has something against you. You can go back to Teresa and say, Teresa, uh, I greeted you this morning. And she'll tell you, oh, I didn't. But if you go, I think she hates me. Oh, oh, oh. here we go again. I think she doesn't like me. I'm going to try another time. And if she doesn't answer this time, I will never say, hey, who are you hurting? Yourself. Yourself. She's not aware of it. You are the one having sleepless nights and thinking, I know she hates me. I know she hates me. Why don't you go talk to the person? 
Eh, nobody talks to me in church. Nobody greets me in church. <laughs> How many people do you greet? You sit back then, there you are the Lord. All of you come to greet me. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you will remain alone for a long time till you realize go out and <laughs> greet somebody. Take them out for lunch. Deal with them before you know you have a friend. I came to the U.S. knowing no friends at all. Just me alone. Look, I got friends. Hallelujah. I got friends that I love and I love them. They're like family to me. They're family to me, really. But you can go out and love. Let me end with this. Second thing is patience. If you're believing God for something, just be patient. You see, the Bible tells us John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. So as soon as he was seven, he went out preaching. Right? Absolutely not. (laughs) Just because God has called you doesn't mean you should just immediately. There is a time. There is a season. You got to be patient. And God will let you know when the time comes. And if you're not getting it when he's telling you the time is come, he will tell somebody to tell you. And two other people, before you know, you know. The time has come. But be patient. If you're believing God for something, it could happen right away. But God knows when you really need it. You think you need it now. But you don't have the big picture. You know, when you are walking on earth, uh, you have to go somewhere. I mean, you have to walk to the, to the junction and maybe turn right. But the one who is above can already see where you're going, right? They, they have the big picture. You don't have it. So be patient with what God is doing. There is always a day of manifestation. That's what he said about John the Baptist. When the day of the revealing of John to, the, to Israel came, then John was out. And immediately, everybody came to him. If he had gone out before that time, probably they wouldn't have responded. But the time was right. Jesus, 30 years. At 12, he was already preaching. But 30 years. There's always a time. There's always a season. So listen to this scripture. Romans 8, verse 24. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? We talked about that. But if we, if we hope for what we do not see, you are believing God for something, a change in your situation, it's not happened yet. You cannot put your hand around it yet. But if you hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with what? Perseverance. Doesn't mean you let go, you wait for it with perseverance. This is scripture. God may have a great future for you, a business, and you're trying everything, it doesn't seem to fall in place. Why don't you pull back a little bit and spend some time with Him? 
Because there's going to be a day of manifestation. Now, let me tell you something. When thoughts of greatness comes into your, come into your head, okay? When you, are not, you have no business thinking about that, guess where it's coming from? From the Holy Spirit. That's what God did with Abraham in Genesis 12. I will make your name great. Right? Abraham already could see that in his mind. So we have to, be, uh, uh, we have to persevere. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and what? Patience, what? Inherit the promise. So we need faith and we need patience if you are going to inherit the promise. Amen. Think about Job. Now I'll conclude here. Think about Job. Uh, we don't know if you study the life of Job, everything went down. There was no hope for Job. But in Job 33, God says, I found a ransom. I found a ransom for you. 33, 24, 25. I found a ransom. And in a short time, Job was patient. God changed everything. Job was richer than he was when he lost everything. But if you read in the scriptures, it says, consider the patience of Job. Job was patient. Would you rise up with me this morning? How many got something out of this this morning? Amen. I'm sure you got something. The key word is practice. Amen? Practice. And we are doing that here. Is there something the Bible says, we also have the same spirit of faith as we believe, therefore we speak. They believe, they spoke. Now it's our turn to speak. Can you call those things that you cannot see and speak of them today like things you can already see by the eye of faith? Something that you want God to do for you. Can you speak to it today? I want us to be aggressive. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. Now, open your mouth. I'm not saying just open your mouth wide. Say something. Hallelujah. Let's say, speak to that situation. Speak to that situation right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I speak to every situation, God, that is coming against the people of God here. And you speak now as I'm speaking, but I'm concerned for our church. For everyone here, I pray, I pray to you, real God. I speak the love of God that passes knowledge to flow in your heart. I speak into your hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will bless every one of them with abundance. Let the blessings of God come upon them. I call upon the blessings of God to come upon them and overtake them. Lord, that they will have plenty of everything. According to the scriptures, they will have plenty of everything so that they can give to every good work. I speak your blessings upon their lives today. They come in blessed. They are living here even more blessed. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Pastor Larry, would you come up, please?
Praise the Lord. Many of you have stepped out in faith today You are, who are Christians. have prayed the prayer of faith, believed, and as pastor has spoken, you have spoken. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't have that faith. You can't speak something that you don't have. Your first act of faith, and I want you to say, well, I have faith. But there's a difference between natural faith and spiritual faith. Natural faith is that which we just do when we know when we stand up, our legs are going to hold us up. That's kind of like we have faith our legs are going to hold us up. It's not until you lose the ability to stand and stand on your legs that you lose that faith. But the faith that I'm talking about is a spiritual faith. That means to believe in something that you cannot see. You cannot touch it. But you can believe God for it, and that's salvation. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior here in this body today or out there, watching us on the Internet or on on YouTube, you can come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today. Let Him become the Lord of your life. And then you can speak those things in the same faith that you accept Him with, that new spiritual faith that He gives you to accept Him. And then you can walk in the walk of the Lord and be a child of the living God. And in this day and time, we need God in our lives. We need His strength in our lives. So with every head bowed here, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or maybe you've slipped back and you've turned back to the world and you really need to come out from among that world and be a separate person, separated to God and for His service, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, would you just pray for me this morning? I'd like to know Jesus. Is there one here this morning? Yes. It's good to know that we can do this. So if you're here, if you raised your hand out there that you don't know Jesus Christ today, you can do it. You can accept Him today. And we're going to pray this prayer together. And as you pray together, I use it sometimes as a rededication prayer of my own life. But as we pray, you pray this prayer not with just your mouth, but with your heart. And God will forgive you of your sins. But he says, you must forgive also so that God can forgive you. So we're going to pray this prayer. Would you pray it with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. To save me and to die for my sins. Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you, Lord, that you came, that you died on Calvary's cross for my sins, that you arose on the third day, and you now sit with our Father in heaven, making intercession for me. Jesus, I invite you into my life. To be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will serve you with everything I know. And what you teach me, I will live. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. I am now a child of God. God bless you. And may the Lord richly bless you as you go. Thank you.